0: I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor in chief of today's Caregiver magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly Caregiving Podcast Series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. I'm talking with Tina Morelli, M S N M A R N F A A N, President of Morelli and Associates and a caregiver-friendly, award-winning author and somebody who really cares a lot about the relationship between the family caregiver and the professionals who care for our loved ones. It's such a pleasure to talk with you today.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Gary, and I'm happy to be on today.
0: So the fact that you just wrote the third edition of the Home Health Aid Guidelines for Care Instructor Manual means a lot to me. I think that organizations who really care about giving the best care for their clients are going to treat their home care aides and their CNAs correctly. Why doesn't that happen?
1: Well, as you can imagine, that's a really complex question. Medicare has certain rules for coverage and AIDS are one of those important services. They actually found that aid-related Education and training were the most commonly cited deficiencies. So the vast majority were actually based on failure cited to demonstrate compliance, you know, with training and education requirements. So knowing that and knowing we really want to develop um, all of our people and our home care aides, home health aides, whatever they're called, because they're called different things sometimes in different programs and states, it's time that we really take care of them. I think the demographics alone kind of support that. As you know, uh, we have 64 million people just in Medicare. Medicare is the largest payer for home care and hospice services. Um, And as the boomers age, all of us at some point might need help with personal care and activities of daily living. And this care is so personal. What other industry does somebody come out to your home who you meet hopefully they've been competency att- assessed and um, educated on certain aspects of the care and oriented and onboarded and they're going then they're going to give you a bath or help you in your home with some other really personal kind of care
0: well it's also honestly a market differentiator for home care companies for facilities the fact that they're they're frontline people the people who actually sometimes have a closer relationship after a while with our loved ones than we do, the home health aides are treated correctly, are treated as, as ex, the experts that they are.
1: Um, I just have kind of another lens on that because when I was in high school, I was an aide, um, and then I got bit by a mosquito that had viral encephalitis, and I went into a coma. So when I woke up, all I remember is how people took care of me and the, how their touch was. So, to me, it really made me understand how important um, aids are in any healthcare system or operation or organization.
0: How does an organization best utilize your new book, Home Health Aid Guidelines for Care Instructor Manual?
1: I tried to make this really comprehensive, but to me AIDS are so foundational to really good care. Yes, we have to uh, abide by, comply with the Part A Medicare conditions of participation, such as for home care and hospice, related to AIDS. So what I tried to do was make this comprehensive program, and this is the third edition. We were waiting for some Medicare rules that came finally through. But, for example, this has, like, 600 test questions to really kind of measure success in learning. There's uh, foundational lesson plans and patient populations. And if you like, I can just give you a couple examples.
0: Yes, please. Um,
1: And so things, important things, I know we agree, Uh, the whole first part is, like, What are the lesson plans? And there's 11 of these that are kind of administrative. So what's the overview of a home health aide or hospice aide role? It's an overview of a very important role. What are the special and valued skills needed in home health and hospice? What are key components? What does that aide need to understand the glossary of home health and hospice? What's the team concept? How do you work together to help patients? What are the documentation requirements? Because even for aides, they're very specific. What's supervision look like or how to be valued by patients, families, and management? What's the aid safety in home in the home? Because as we know, um, uh, the bulk of falls happen at home, and aids have a very important role in um, safety-related care. What's their role in infection control and prevention? Very important. Hand hygiene and then all those other important components. Administrative responsibilities, such as their documentation, calling in, um, staying home when you're very sick because we don't want to give it especially to our patients that might be elderly and immunocompromised, safety about homemaking and housekeeping, and then stress management and self-care for the AIDS, which to me, if we retained AIDS, this turnover might really be impacted. But there were also additional lesson plans, and they're alphabetical and they're related to the patient's problems, such as abuse, neglect, exploitation, AIDS, Alzheimer's, amputation, arthritis, bed-bound care, bone disease such as fractures or hip replacements, brain tumors, breast cancer, cancer care, cardiac, stroke care, pediatric, depression. So it goes all the way down to urinary catheter and incontinence care and wound care, all alphabetical.
0: It occurs to me, I know it's a very reasonably priced manual, but no matter what it costs, for you being an organization or, or facility or, you know, corporation who, who hires home, home health aides to not have this, you're putting yourself at risk. If you're not training your home health aides correctly,
1: you're at risk. So from an operational perspective, you know, who do they report to? Is there one person? Do they feel like they're part of a team? Is their input heard? So how do we support these important members of the healthcare team?
0: And they are important members. They are the front line. The professionalization of the home health aid is extraordinarily important. As you know, it's only going to become more important. Um,
1: according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the numbers are staggering for home health and personal health care aids. As you know, we're all aging. Um, that's not going to stop anytime soon. I can't remember the number, but I think it's something like 10,000 boomers are turning 65 every day. I think that is the number, stop. yeah. Yeah, for, I think, 19 years. I mean, it's just hard to to wrap your head around. But um, so um, kind of what are we doing to maintain the folks we have? So they are happy and they stay. And it's not all about money. No, it's about respect
0: and dignity.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I always tell people that, you know, it doesn't pay or cost anything to say thank you for a job well done. And just no. things like facilitating parking, you know, especially if you're somewhere that parking's an issue, you know, whatever you can do to help make their lives easier and have them want to
0: stay, have them stay as a part of your team, for sure. Well, let's get to the nitty-gritty. What are some of the titles for these aides? I know when we started Today's Caregiver Magazine 25 years ago, people were, were saying, oh, you're doing a magazine for aid There was such a confusion about what an aide is, so... What are some of the titles for aides and what kind of care do they provide?
1: Um, Some of the titles can be home health aides, hospice aides, home care aides, certified tested nursing assistants, depending on what the states call them, um, personal care aides. We also have community health workers now that um, to me are a specialized kind of aid who are specifically trained to help people with um, chronic conditions, either stay out of the hospital or better maintain their health. So I kind of like to think of them as a personal coach. But our aides can do that too. Think of how important they are, for example, in meal preparation for somebody maybe that has heart failure and so a low-salt and low-fat diet, and that's part of the activities on the aid plan of care. Uh, Whatever it might be, maybe it's helping someone use their walker safely so they get um, more uh, balance and strength while they're exercising, while the aide is there holding on to their walker and helping them. So I think the aides have such an important role, and sometimes I think, um, as you said, they are kind of the unsung, you know, team member who really needs to be valued. And I can tell you from uh, from working in home care and hospice, you know, family members would send in notes or they would do a survey and they'd say so and so was a great nurse and oftentimes so and so the name was an aide and
0: that's who they remembered
1: because sometimes they got to spend more time than the nurse or therapist did
0: i never like acronyms to go on challenge so can you talk to me about adl assistance
1: activities of daily living are really those things that that we do without even thinking about them so getting up in the morning brushing our teeth washing our face getting dressed washing our hair, our personal care, putting on our clothes, washing our clothes, going into the kitchen, being able to prepare a meal. So it's, it's every aspect of what happens every day that we really take for granted. But when you can't do them, and think about if, if yourself or your loved one has ever really been sick and can't do any of that, what we take for granted, all of a sudden you see all those consecutive steps that have to happen. And that's where the aids come in. Um, the fastest growing segment of patients are those over 85, what the National Institutes of Aging calls the oldest old. And so oftentimes they don't have one thing. They have more than one thing which are called sometimes comorbidities, but simply speaking it means they might have heart failure and a catheter, or they might have a wound and diabetes, or they might be depressed and have constipation. So they just don't have one thing. And so what that means from an aid perspective, if the aid is coming through a Medicare certified organization, the nurse um, provides an aid plan of care, and on there will be things such as individualizing that patient's care based on the assessment that was done for that patient's needs. Now, I can give you an example from a safety perspective. Oftentimes, older adults who've maybe had a stroke in the past might be on blood thinners. And so, for example, on the aid plan of care, it might say, watch for bleeding. So when they're doing mouth care or oral care or helping them brush their teeth or they're checking their urinary catheter, bag, is there blood, or is there bruising on their arms? So the AIDS are so important, and I'm calling the nurse and saying, this is happening with my patient, in which, in turn, she'll call the um, the doctor. But these AIDS have really important roles in observation, reporting, and then documenting a patient's status.
0: What are some of the things organizations can do to retain AIDS?
1: Well, as you know, that's the... Um, Million-dollar question. I always like to say orientation and onboarding is never or not a one and done. Like all jobs and employers, aides need to be and feel a part of a team, which I mentioned first. I always think from a how do we improve things perspective because everybody wants to do a good job. So from a performance or process improvement, um, has the real turnover rate been been identified? In other words. Um, depending on the size of the organization and the depth of the organization. You know, are we tracking that, trending it, analyzing it? And when we do that, what were the three or four top reasons that aides said they left? It's usually not one thing, though. So ranking those things can be really important. And, of course, we know retaining aides and employees that really want to be you know, on our team is much cheaper than that churn of, orientation, onboarding, and then them leaving. So I always like to think that aides should have mentors, um, and sometimes that can be a really experienced aide. Some organizations, the aides actually do the scheduling because they understand the care needs of the patients and the specialty areas sometimes that aides might have or regional areas. So is there one person they connect with, especially when they're new? So across time... If they have questions, they get them answered Um, because I really think there are no dumb questions and it's really okay to ask. You know, imagine a job where you're just sent out to people you've never met. You knock on the door. You're a guest in their environment, so at some level, and they should be there in charge, but so every house is so different. It might be really hot. It might be really cold, depending, as you know, some of the oldest old really like their house kept warm. And the aid has to work in this environment. Maybe there's smokers in the house. We've all been in those houses and then the heat's at 90 degrees. So we really need to take care of our aides.
0: You know, it sounds to me like one of the the first things we need to do as caregivers or as employers is learn how to communicate, learn how to listen, learn how to hear what the aides are really saying as equal members of the, the care team And react to what you're hearing. I think communication is such a big challenge here.
1: And know that, um, at least in home care and hospice at home, care coordination is a really important component. So, generally, yes, people do want to hear um, the aide's input. Again, sometimes they can spend more time with the patient. And then on the other side, as you know, if you've ever had uh, private duty aides, they're there maybe for they're able to be there for longer, you know, four hours, eight hours, whatever the patient needs might be or um, what the budget might be. But either way, um, those aides get to spend that time with a patient and family and are often the experts on their daily care regimen because, let's face it, we all like an expectation of how the day is going to go, but that's even more important for somebody who's home and sick and waiting for the aid. The aides I know really want to take care of people, and they want to do the right thing. But it's really um, up to the organization to really help with that demand out there and then really bring them into the workforce in a thoughtful, planned way and looking more towards the long-term vision more than how do I fill this shift today or tomorrow.